A stu- stu- studio D production. Gross. I'm going home. It yeah, that'll be our cold open. <laughs> My feet are sweaty. <laughs> well, we're not recording the podcast today because we're all leaving. Applesauce with a C. You can call it Caplesauce. <laughs> you will you fail spell the spell. Sauce with a D. You can call it Dapplesauce. <laughs> if you spell Dapplesauce with an E, you can call it Eeplesauce. <laughs> <laughs> Do not, don't you dare say the next one. I hate it. I already hate it. It's terrible. How dare you utter that word? Do you get why it's terrible? Are we too old? It was missing something. It was a sexual innuendo. So fap is like the internet like sound effect for masturbating. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fap, fap, fap. Yeah, but I guess I wouldn't associate that with somebody using, like, fapple as a word. But like, fapple fapple sauce. sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I get it. I see. People are lame. <laughs> We're all just eight-year-old boys. We're all just going to laugh at... Sit down, I want to tell you a story. A really weird and messed up story. With my... It's effed up family story time. All of it was like erotic. <laughs> Hello, everyone. Welcome to Effed Up Family Story Time. I'm Salem. And I'm Hannah. And here today we have Belle. Hey, up. And Jess. Not overthinking it. I'm not overthinking it. <laughs> <laughs> I think you overthought it. Maybe a little. <laughs> so we're here today recording episode 40. I don't know. Um, Wait, hang on. Uh, 43. Oh, it's up Wow. You wrote episode 43. Yeah. (laughs) So how's everyone doing? Good. I just want to point out. So um, Kyle and George went to a guitar show today. And while Kyle and I were on our way over here, he was like, I'm not going to buy a guitar because he was talking about paying. We owe a bunch of money to taxes. And so he was like, oh, I'm about to spend $900 today. And I had this moment where I was like, why are you planning on buying a guitar? And he was like, no. For the taxes and i was like well i wouldn't have been mad if you bought a guitar but we are planning a trip to hawaii and he was like i'm not buying a guitar i already have one and then he just texted me he's like don't be mad but i bought a guitar <laughs> <laughs> he didn't know that much money on taxes did he i thought you guys only owed like a hundred and- well so we were gonna get eight hundred dollars back i think from the state but then we owed nine hundred dollars to the federal but then kyle's just we're gonna use that refund i have a lot of medical bills um, we're gonna use that so to help pay down some of my be- medical bills okay. and he paid the yeah just paid it off today. okay but really you only had to pay like a hundred bucks yeah but it's but i sucks. owe a lot of money other places and so we're trying to get that to <laughs> that makes sense well i'm glad he bought Constantly a guitar though i'm happy for him no i'm excited i mean we both work really hard and i do a lot of like you know like i mean i just i don't want to say it because it's my happy thought but i just bought something for myself that i'm really excited about that's cool. We'll have to say what it. it is. <laughs> yeah, I think everybody knows what it is. Well, yay for I wonder. Not our I wonder if George is gonna buy a guitar. <laughs> I'll ask Kyle. Did George buy a guitar? <laughs> Which he knows I don't care if he does. I do want to say I told Kyle this the other day. The saddest thing about me losing my wallet in New Orleans and the thing that I immediately thought, like the first thing, as I was like, "Oh fuck, there goes all that cash." Even if I find my wallet, all that cash is gone. The next thought was, "Man, if I don't find this." Mom's cutting me off. 
because I still had her credit card. And even before you told me that you were cutting me off and not going to give me another credit card, I knew. I was like, I'm almost 30. I knew that once that card expired, I was done. And so I was writing that as long as I could. But I was like, no, I lost it. I fucked up. Yep. yep. Didn't Got even cut have off time a year early. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, kiddo. You're going to be cut off soon, too. The younger child always gets the brunt of it all. Get, get I get cut off years before you the do. The brunt of it all. You use it a lot more than she has for a long time. I'm very confused because it's not my experience with younger siblings. <laughs> um, well, but you're a middle child. The middle child is like kind of left alone. Or ignored. Or ignored, yeah. <laughs> That's a better word for about. ignored. I mean, on the plus side, it allowed me to go under the radar a lot. But I don't, eh, I don't know if I was left alone. I had the fun position of being able to pick on my older sister and my younger sister, so it was awesome. <laughs> when we were kids, I would like we would like be teasing each other, just be having a good time, like play fighting, like kids do. And then Hannah oh. would like start fake crying, <laughs> and I would be like, "Oh no, I took it too far. Oh my god, big sister, like nurturing. Are you okay?" And then Hannah would gut punch me as hard as they could and then take off out of the room. I was like it. wiping away those fake ass tears. I like. did it with dad too when we would play fight and he would come over and check on me and then I'd slap him in the face. <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm not emotionally I manipulative. What a little it bastard. It was a survival tactic. Whatever. You knew exactly what you no were doing. Survival involved. I'm the baby. I can get away with anything. Well... This week, our story is going to be kind of dark and serious. It's not going... I'm sorry, I'm just jumping right into it. No, you're good. So we got all of our laughs out already. We're talking about our family (laughs) adventures, and this is going to be a not-so-fun family adventure. Hold on to those happy thoughts, guys. (laughs) So... I'd been thinking about doing this story for a long time, before we even started the podcast, but it's just very to me really upsetting and so i kept putting it off because i was like no it's too much it's too much but i decided we're gonna do it get it out of my head and then i don't have to ever think about it again that's how i felt about the west memphis three so i'm gonna tell you the story of sylvia likens oh no i knew hannah would know anybody else know who that is no okay so sylvia likens was born january 3rd 1949 she was born to Lester and Elizabeth Likens. They were a poor family. They lived in Boone County, Indiana, when she was born. And Lester had all kinds of jobs over their lives. And um, he ran a restaurant for a while that failed. He, But he gave it a good old shot. Like, he was a decent guy. He was just struggling, trying. Worked for, like, a newspaper, I think. And he also would sometimes work for carnivals, and him and his wife would sell, like, candies and sodas at carnivals, and they would travel. So Sylvia was born um, in, in between two sets of fraternal twins. So her older siblings, Daniel and Diana... Um, were two years older than her, and her younger siblings, Benny and Jenny, were one year younger. And um, the parents had decided that they were going to go to work the carnival the summer of 65, and they didn't really think it was a good place to take the children. So Diana had already gotten married and was out of the house. And so then Daniel, the older son, and Benny, the younger son, went to go live with grandparents and Sylvia and her younger sister Jenny went to go live with a woman named Gertrude B- 
Banaszewski. Gertrude Banaszewski. Okay. So Gertrude had met um, Sylvia's parents through either through the school or a common like um, contact, but because she had children and they went to like the same school in that area. And so Gertrude had seven kids. Paula, the oldest, was 17. And then there was John, who was 12. Stephanie, who was 15. Marie, weird order I put it in. Marie, who was 11. Shirley, who was 10. James, who I didn't put an age for some reason. And Dennis, who was 18 months. <laughs> so we're going to say that uh, James was between 18 months and 10 years old. And 10 years old. Okay. <laughs> I think he was like seven in that age range. So, And the younger kids really don't play a part in this much. Paula, John, and Stephanie play more of a part because they're closer to the girl's age. Because at this point in time, Jenny's 16. Or I'm, I'm sorry, Sylvia's 16 and Jenny's, I think, 14. Uh, 14 or 15. And so um, Gertrude was a single mom. Her husband had died, I believe, but I think he'd also left. No, he had just left. I don't remember now. I'm sorry. There's my good research I think, for I you. I think he just left. I, I think, think he, he just died. Left. Yeah, so he left. He used, and he was like a police captain or something at one point. He was in the police, but he left. And her youngest son was with another man who also left her. So she must have been a peach of a woman. Either that or she had a really bad luck picking men. Sylvia and Jenny, Gertrude had agreed to keep Sylvia and Jenny with them for, I, I think the plan was just like a few months over the summer while they worked the carnival. And the parents had agreed to pay $20 a week to take care of their room and board. And for a couple of weeks, they sent the money as they had scheduled. But then, and everything was okay. There was like some tension between Paula, the oldest Banaszewski kid, and Sylvia. And the, th the thinking is that, that Paula was jealous of Sylvia because she was a very pretty, kind of demure, you know, quiet sweet girl and Paula was not from what I gather as pretty you know at that point in time and there was like this jealousy over the way that she looked but after about two weeks the check the regular money order that was supposed to come didn't come on the day it was scheduled to be there and on this day Jenny reports that Gertrude took the two uh two girls upstairs and was slapping them slapping them and saying, well, I took care of you two bitches for a week for nothing. And this is what began basically the abuse. This is where it started. And the day after the check came, but they became less frequent. And so this would piss Gertrude off. And every time it was late or didn't come at all, she would take it out on the girls. Uh, she liked to beat the girls with a paddle that she had specifically and um, her husband's belt that he wore with his police uniform, big heavy belt. Those were her preferred methods of beating the girls. And so, you know, just the physical beatings escalated and got to a point where she began to focus more on Sylvia and she would still punish Jenny, but not to the extent that she would start to punish Sylvia. So we're going to go over a few instances that happened. Man, so gross. Just the bitter old lady who's pissed off that every man in her life keeps fucking leaving her. Yeah, exactly. Like, 
it just makes if you, you didn't wonder. want the fucking burden of taking care of these children in the first place you should have just said no she probably just wanted the extra 20 bucks every week well, that was part of it. Like, mm-hmm. I think that the abuse would have started at some point anyway, but that was absolutely a catalyst for her. She well, was pissed she's watching these girls and not getting anything for right. it. And she's jealous because they're pretty and they're sweet and people like yeah. them. And Well, yeah, and like, I think she probably took them in fully for the money. So initially the abuse, when it started to escalate, um, Likens would be subjected to beatings and starvation. She would be forced then to eat leftovers or spoiled food out of the garbage cans and um, sometimes forced to the point where she would throw up and then they would make her eat her vomit. Um, That became kind of a regular trend for them. They would starve her and then they would give her food and it would be bad food and she would be so hungry. She would eat it so fast or they'd force her to eat so much and then she would get sick and then they would force her to eat her vomit. Just weird like uh, sadistic shit like that she would be tied up in the basement for periods of time um and then this is where it gets really bad so gertrude encouraged her children to participate in just the beatings <laughs> and paula seemed to willingly participate because she already had an issue and didn't like Sylvia but then John would sometimes participate and then there was also kids from the neighborhood that would either come and watch like there's a lot of kids that they say kids from the neighborhood there's kids that aren't named necessarily because some would just come and watch them torment her and then there were some that actually participated the Hubbard brothers Coy and Randolph and Randolph was somebody's was Stephanie's boyfriend. So Randolph Hubbard was Stephanie's boyfriend and Coy was his brother. And um, he would often Randy, I think, would often beat on Sylvia, like practice judo moves, throw her around. They would cut her. They would burn her. They would do all kinds of horrible things to her. They would they say I. I don't think they actually raped her, but they might have. They don't really clarify that, but they definitely, like, mutilated her genitals, like, would do horrible, horrible things to her. And this was all with Gertrude either encouraging them to do that or just turning a blind eye to it and letting them have their fun. And this went on over the course of, like, three months, just escalating worse and worse and worse. So an interesting thing, which it's, Like, I understand the fear and the terror that these girls had, but they never really tried to get help. Like, their parents would come and visit, and they wouldn't tell their parents what was going on. And, you know, they Jenny had said that it was for fear of, like, things getting worse or them not being able to be helped, which I kind of understand. Especially if you're that young and you, like, don't. You know, like, you just don't really have the same kind of sense that you would. And even still, like, you think about, like, oh, how you would act and everybody has this whole idea. Like, we were talking about earlier, like, this whole idea of how you would act under, like, these bouts of intense trauma. But, like, you really don't know until you're you're going through it. 
Yeah. So it's said that the only retaliation that Sylvia ever had against them was she supposedly spread a rumor about uh, Paula and Stephanie being prostitutes. And <clears throat> there was some some boy at, at the school proposition, Stephanie, joking around because he heard that rumor. And it, she found out that Sylvia had started the rumor and she confronted Sylvia and she slapped her. See, Stephanie to me didn't seem too bad. She slapped her, but then Sylvia started crying and then Stephanie started crying and they like were apologizing to each other. And then Randolph beat the shit out of Sylvia. And that's kind of what instigated like the kids participating in the torture of her. Um, Some specific things that happened... Neighborhood children were also occasionally charged five cents apiece to see the display of Lycan's body and to humiliate, beat, scald, burn, and ultimately mutilate her. So she was actually charging children to come in and witness and participate in this. So there were, you know, we can go on and on about what happened. They would put her in scalding baths, they would rub salt in her open wounds everybody these as days, punishment. This was what the sixties? Everybody these days is like, Why are boomers so fucked up? It was the fifties. No. No, this happened in the sixties. Wait, when I thought she was born in the forties. She was born in forty nine oh, and forty nine. Sixty five. Never said. mind. Yeah. yeah. Everybody's like, Why are boomers <laughs> so fucked up? It's like maybe because they're neighbors. We're charging them five cents to come torture a girl. Like, yeah, no shit. Like, who are some of these kids yeah, that weren't named? They just, like, grew up to just live normal lives. Yeah, like, those oh, kids I are still alive. never deal with their trauma. And, like, yeah. Yeah. So, if you live in Boone County, Illinois, you've probably met one of these fuckers. Was it Illinois or Indiana? Indiana. It was in Indiana. It was in Indiana. Indianapolis. Take two, Hannah. If you live in Boone County, Indiana, you've probably wet... <laughs> God damn it! <laughs> probably wet, wet your, your pants. <laughs> if you live in Boone County, Indiana, you've probably met one of these bastards at some point in your life because they would all still be alive. Well, and some of the kids, I don't necessarily, if they just, like, you know, well, five cents you get to see the girl, like, they don't know if they're young enough. They don't really understand what's going on until they pay the five cents. It's the ones that fucking participated and kept going back. I'm I imagine sorry. there's kids out there that, like, paid their five cents, went in and was like, whoa, what the fucking left, right? And were freaked out and never went back, right? I would think. I would think, especially if I was, like, 16 and around the age that Sylvia was, I would no, but some of the kids that she was charging. Know. No, some of the kids she was charging were young. Even even if I was a younger child, like you know that something is wrong. You know that this person is hurt. Oh, you yeah. know that this person You is... would tell somebody, but exactly. that's that's Think something we'll being get into. Like 13, 14, you know. Who the like f- we'll, we'll get and... into how many people saw the problem and didn't, oh, didn't do well, anything. anything. It, it was the culture of that neighborhood in right. that time. Well, and in the kids' defense, like young kids, even preteen kids, they're seeing an authority adult figure who is supposed to be telling them the right way to behave in life and is saying this is okay. So that, yeah. it's, you know, it's... I imagine some of the kids were around, like, John's presumed seven years or that age. It was just the neighborhood kids. And you have older kids and adults and an adult that's encouraging this, and you have no other adults or anyone saying that what you're doing is wrong or paying any fucking attention to what's going on, really. So, I don't know. I'm not saying they're 
they're all great people and they didn't do horrible things. But I no, imagine no. there's one or two kids that got yeah. caught in the I shit mean, that are still now like fucking like still fucked traumatized up. by it. And yeah. all they did was follow their friend in to see something cool for five cents, you know? Yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, think about well, I don't yourself even... at like age seven. Did you have any of your own thoughts or was it just what your parents did kind of thing? Like, that's mm-hmm. how I feel about being seven. Like, I didn't really know. It was just kind of like, this well, is what my parents told. do. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm not blaming those kids, but it's no. just like, it's you still know, fucked it's up. Just, and if that was just like the culture, nobody had anything. I don't know. Well, and wild. it is really kind of crazy. I don't blame the girls for not saying anything. No. no. But Especially I also. Since so many people knew and nobody was doing anything. I also think it is crazy that they did not say more about it, try to get help. And I think it's crazy that so many people ignored it. Like, right. There was a lot of opportunity for. And we'll get into we'll get into that. We'll get into the when people take notice and what happens. But um, you OK, banana? Yeah. It's okay. just it's it's disturbing. You just all of a sudden got quiet and like turned your face away. Oh. <laughs> so I didn't know if the I did if it something. was bother. No. Well, yeah. or if it's bother. It's, it's just, disturbing. It's a, yeah, it's a rough subject. Now I had a like year long, very unhealthy obsession with this case at one point oh. where I like mm-hmm. knew all the ins and outs of it. So well, then if you have anything to add, absolutely. I didn't have a second. You can jump in. Yeah. I don't know if you want to add anything. I was going to just mention a couple of incidences specifically that happened before we get into the end of the story as far as Sylvia is concerned. So one time when she was in the house with all of the other kids around, they forced her to take her clothes off and um, use a soda bottle. You can imagine. There was one time when... They were calling her a prostitute. I can't remember if that was the time that she was talking about how she had a boyfriend. They were saying she was a liar. And then Gertrude was asking if she ever did anything with her boyfriend. And Sylvia said, well, yeah, we would like go to the ice skating rink or we would go. And she was like pressing her for, you know, do you ever do anything? And Sylvia said that she once laid under the covers with her boyfriend and then Gertrude got mad and said, why, why would you do something like that? Now you must be pregnant. Look, your belly's getting fat. You must be pregnant. And then, then they beat her basically and called her a whore. And I think that's when they made her take her clothes off and use the soda bottle. With that, I know that there was like speculation that Paula could have been pregnant. Paula was pregnant. Yeah. Yeah. Paula was pregnant. And then like she had told Gertrude, I think, that Sylvia was the one who was pregnant, and that is kind of what oh, like, that's started what instigated that. that? Okay, um, okay. Because I know that they would like call her a whore. They would like mm-hmm. insinuate that she was sleeping around with a lot of people, even though I don't think that Sylvia had like slept with anyone at that point. No, I don't think she's so only either. sixteen. And um, I mean, it was, she was innocent when Gertrude asks her, "Have yeah. you ever done anything with your boyfriend?" She's, she's like, like, "Yeah, we have rollers." Yeah. <laughs> so. Um, And then there was one time when she was accusing Sylvia of being a prostitute and she pinned her down, had the kids pin her down on the floor and took a hot needle and like carved the words, I am a prostitute into her stomach. And like halfway through something happened that distracted her. And so she told, was it Coy or Randolph? She told one of them to finish the job. And he had later said that he did finish the job, but he made sure that he 
it was a lighter, like he it was just, it was more of a scratch because he really didn't want to hurt her. So then you also wonder with the statement like that, how much of that, how much of everything that happened, did some of these kids feel like they had to continue to do because they, right. they well, weren't then, wonderful people for I, doing it at all. No. They should have wandered away, but he is like, <clears throat> beating her and raping her and all of this other shit and then it's like well I didn't want to scratch her that hard I also wonder how much of it is him trying to it's get bullshit. not get caught like be like well mm-hmm. I was forced to well, it's like, well you seem to fucking second. enjoy it when it was happening it's almost like know. it's almost like a cult effect mm-hmm. right you have this one person who's taking these young impressionable minds and feeding the darker side that I think every human has yeah. Um, but there were plenty of them okay. who were old enough, I think, to know better. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I need to correct myself here. It was a neighborhood kid, Richard Hobbs, uh, that she instructed to finish the branding. Okay, so, so it was it not the Randolph. same Randolph that had been beating her. That's okay. why that wouldn't make like, any no, sense. Yeah. No, Absolutely but I. The so not. that's. <laughs> So I'm sorry that I confused my names, but that's why I wonder, like, if he was just sucked into it and didn't yeah. feel like he had a choice. But, well, and there still needs to be some form of culpability for that. Right? Yeah, if you're sucked totally. into it. Like, oh, like and you look at the instance of, like, Dean Coral and the teenagers that he got to, like, find other teenagers for him to murder. Oh, I'm not saying and, like, that he's he still not has responsible. culpability just because he was afraid that he was also going to be killed. He totally. still has the culpability of that. We're, he did that. I don't think any of us... what the outcome was going to be. I don't think any of us are saying yeah. that they didn't have culpability. Yeah. But they could have been scared. Like, oh, they're yeah. seeing what's happening to this other and teenager. If I don't comply, will this be Right, me? like... Mm-hmm. And so well, and as, they made I a choice a kid, for self-preservation rather than or a maybe more he moral enjoyed choice. it, and he's just like, full of shit too. You it know, it wasn't until ten years ago when I was an adult and on my own that I started actually questioning authority. Like I think back <laughs> to when I was a kid, if an adult told me to do something like that, I mean, like maybe not to that extreme, but if an adult told me to do something like an adult that I respected and that I trusted, and he was fourteen, told me to do something that I knew was wrong, I would have had as a kid, knowing who I was as a kid, enough trust and respect in that adult to probably do what they said. And he was fourteen. Fear, you know, I was so scared of like authority when I was. And you were this is what so not your mother's daughter. If you don't question authority until you're an adult, well, I would have been like. I wanted to do that, but now you told me I have to, so fuck you, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Wait, you would have wanted no, to do it? No, I don't it? mean that specific <laughs> thing. I mean a thing. Like, right, because you didn't, you questioned authority all the time. That's what I'm saying. She's so not your daughter. So Gertrude was quoted to have said when she uh, branded, and she branded, I am a prostitute and proud of it in her stomach. And she said to Sylvia, she asked if Sylvia knew what a tattoo was. And then she said, you branded my children. Now I'm going to brand you because Sylvia had spread that rumor about her kids being a prostitute. So it's a lot of fucked up shit. We can continue to go into it. A lot of psychological torture, but they starved her so much that after three months It was in October that she was so weak from malnourishment 
And she had been beaten so much. She had been beaten so bad that they believed she had kidney damage. She had become incontinent, so she would pee on herself. So she got relegated to sleeping in the basement. And towards the end of her life, she wasn't allowed to leave the home. She was basically just kept in the basement. Um, she'd been beaten so much. She probably had like serious head trauma and stuff that affected her thinking. And like I said, she was malnourished. So I'm sure that affected her thinking and she was weak. And Jenny, who was beat some, but wasn't beat as often, she was sometimes forced to actually participate in the abuse of Sylvia with the threat. And I didn't mention this before, but Jenny had had polio when she was younger, so she had a weak leg and she had a limp, so she probably was a little more fearful of her ability to take care of herself or to stand up to them. But, um... Well, and even, I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah. I'm, I've been the big sister. I don't know what it's like to be a little sister, but you think about how, like, I'll you... I'll beat you up for nothing. You look <laughs> up to them, you know? Like, I have always, at the, as the big sister, tried to lead a life of example to set for my little sisters, you know? And, like, and so that makes me so sad to think about how, like, like seeing your, your older sister who you look up to in this position of vulnerability and... and thinking that, you know, you're not going to be able to do any better than she's doing, and so you might as well just stay in line so that you don't end up in that position. It's so sad. So after Gertrude and Richard carved the words into Sylvia's stomach, Gertrude said to her, now what are you going to do? Nobody will ever marry you with that, and then put her down into the basement. And she had gotten so weak that she confided to her sister Jenny that night. She said, Jenny, I know you don't want me to die, but I'm going to die. I can tell it. And so Gertrude had noticed that uh, Sylvia was getting weaker, and she was also concerned that Sylvia was going to die. So she forced Sylvia in her weakened state to write a letter stating that she had ran away and she uh, had taken off with these guys and that they had raped her and beaten her, and that that is why she, her body is in the state that it was in, right? And this confession, that's why she, that she knew she was going to die, and she wanted everyone to know what had happened to her. So on the 25th, Sylvia overheard Gertrude and John talking about how they were going to take her to the forest and leave her in the woods to die with the letter. So that was her plan, to try to to get all of the blame off of her. And earlier she had said to um, somebody at the school that Sylvie had ran away when they, they had questioned her because they had seen some odd behavior and some... And I'm sure she wasn't going to school if she was like relegated and, to living in the basement and beaten and yeah. branded. And <laughs> and so she'd already kind of created this, uh, this lie. And so um, because Sylvia heard them talking about that, she decided to make an escape for it. And she... Uh, Tried to run away. She tried to get out of the house, um, but she was so weak that she couldn't even, she could not get off the property. They caught her. They threw her back in the basement. Um, She was, and they beat her, you know, hit her in the head with a curtain rod. So now she had, she was so weak from the malnourishment. And this, then with the head trauma that she could hardly walk. But that and then that night she had spent hours in the basement screaming, trying to get somebody to come and help her. 
The noise suddenly ceased around 3 a.m. A neighbor had heard it. They thought about calling the police, but then the noise stopped. Oh so they gosh. decided not to inform the police. Yeah, because if it's this, the blood-curdling screams stop after hours, it must mean everything's okay Everything's yeah. fine. Hey. I, I don't know. I feel like uh, I try not to be one of those white ladies that like always calls the police. And I don't. But I have called the police you have anything on a few occasions, like a couple months it's, ago, when I heard my neighbor beating his dog, I called the police. Right. Like, like, you well, know, and like, oftentimes you can tell <laughs> the difference between a a I need help scream and like I a even playful scream. The police or, on a party a couple of months ago because it was like one in the morning, and I know that not everybody has to work on a Saturday, but I had to work on a Saturday, yeah. and I was like, I cannot, please. People are like screaming. I don't know what to do. Yeah. <laughs> So, by the morning of October 26th, Sylvia was unable to speak intelligibly. She had no coordination of the movements of her limbs. Gertrude, and it's kind of weird because at this point, Gertrude's almost trying to nurse her back to health. The night before, she had tried to give her some toast and some water. And so... On the morning of the 26th, she oh, no. took her into the kitchen. It's the consequences of my shitty actions. And she propped her up in the kitchen and was trying to give her a donut and a glass of milk. But because Sylvia was unable to eat or drink because she didn't have the motor skills at that point, Gertrude got upset and threw her to the ground. And then shortly after, Sylvia became delirious and um, was unable to recite the alphabet was unable to get herself off the ground. Sylvia defecated on herself, and then she was ordered to clean it up. In the afternoon, she had a moment of clarity where she was trying to point at the faces of the people around her, making statements like, you're Ricky, you're Gertie, and, uh, you know, like, I know what you've done kind of stuff. So after she had defecated on herself, John attempted to clean her off by spraying her down with a garden hose. Which um, obviously didn't clean her well. And as he was doing it, he slipped on the basement stairs and fell to the floor. Um, And that's when Stephanie came in and saw the state of Sylvia and was like horrified. And her and um, who was it? And Richard. So the boy that had carved the. Anyway, they both felt sorry for her, so they took her upstairs, and they bathed her in a nice warm bath, and they dressed her in clean clothes, and they put her on a mattress upstairs in the bed. And shortly after, Gertrude came home, but Sylvia was dying at that point. She eventually succumbed to her injuries and died. So we can take a break there if you want, and when we come back, we'll talk about some of the people, like what some of the people had seen, some of the opportunities that there might have been to save this poor girl, and then what ended up happening to all these assholes, which wasn't enough, I don't think. Do you have anything to add, Hannah? Did I leave anything out? Because I know... I don't think so. I had a, I'm, There's so much. Like, I could go on yeah. and on for hours and hours over the details of no, what happened to this I'd poor girl, not. but I don't I'm think... I'm already we, so sad. Yeah, we really need to... You just imagine that what I read you is maybe a third of the horrific stuff that she endured for like three months. Too much. So, all right, break time. He's like, I wasn't even going that fast. He's like, well, I had to speed to catch up with you. (laughs) Oh Oh. man, that's funny. (sighs) Well, we're back from.
our break and we've been talking. Yeah, I think none of us want to get into the rest of the story. <laughs> yeah, it's really, you know, it really doesn't make me feel like there was a lot of justice. But all right. So after Sylvia died, Gertrude, at first she sh- shouted at Sylvia, faker, faker trying to rouse her. Oh, my God. Then after, quickly after, she panicked and she instructed Richard Hobbs to call the police from a nearby payphone. And the police arrived approximately 6.30 p.m. And when they found Sylvia Likens' body, she was emaciated, extensively bludgeoned, and mutilated. And she was lying on a soiled mattress... And then Gertrude hands them a letter, the one she had forced Sylvia to write. Oh, my God. What a dumb bitch. And then she also claimed that she was doctoring the child for an hour or more prior to her dying. Yeah, she applied rubbing alcohol to Sylvia's wounds in an attempt at first aid before she died. But she was just scrambling, kind of like when she was trying to feed her, you know? Yeah, I mean, like... I don't know. It's definitely not like justice. I mean, like there's no amount of justice. I feel like that could no, be, no, you know, you're right for what she did, but it does give me a slight sense of a good feeling to know that she was so fucking panicked. Mm-hmm. She was like, how, how do I, well, Oh my God. Yeah. My consequences are how catching she, up with me. I not- need to keep this woman alive because I realize, like, it's just like that in and of itself. Like the fact that she was scrambling to keep Sylvia alive is proof yeah. that she knew that what she was doing was wrong. Proof that what she knew that what she was doing was, you know, that she knows that she's not a good fucking person. Yeah, that she made a grave mistake. But I still wonder how much of it is that she knows she did something wrong or she just knows she's going to get in trouble. Yeah, you know? but she may not believe it's wrong in her mind but she knows, she knows that societally, the world thinks yes. it's wrong exactly otherwise she, she wouldn't know she's gonna have punishment that's yeah. true that's true <clears throat> so when the police questioned other people in the house all of the children basically supported gertrude's theory gertrude said that uh, or theory gertrude's lie um gertrude told him that sylvia had run away with some teenage boys you know, and that she had come home all fucked up and with this letter. But then when the police, like Jenny initially went along with what everybody else was saying, but then she whispered to one of the police, I will tell you everything if you get me out of here. So at that point, the police, obviously looking at the body. So Sylvia's body was emaciated. She obviously had been starved for a long time. Well, and then not she even to mention the bruising and the evidence bruises. of bruises. She had physical abuses because they would slash. I am her a prostitute and proud of it, carved into carved her fucking on her stomach. stomach. But at this point, she's dressed. They're yeah. just assessing the scene. But still, it's clear she had burns. It's clear all that in, she was abused. Well, and all in very stages of healing exactly mm-hmm. that yeah that's important it's not like she just came home from getting beat up that night you know so they separate everybody and in questioning jenny jenny tells them everything that happened so they arrest gertrude you know of course she denies everything she denies everything for a long time 
Well, wouldn't Jenny? Because Jenny obviously wasn't beaten as severely as Sylvia was, but you had said that she was beaten too. So she would have had evidence of of abuse on bruising her. and yeah, uh, yeah. And, and I'm not sure how much she was beaten. So uh, after a certain point, because they focus so much on torturing Sylvia, that I'm not sure. I know yeah. Jenny was still abused, but I don't. They don't really clarify to what level. Her abuse was. I just. I'm feel, sure it still was not great. Like you've but I don't know if there was a lot of visible. Where you're like, oh, like there's all of this evidence against me that I did this <sighs> shitty thing. Like you would think that people would just like accept it. Like I feel like at that point it's easier to just be like, okay, I did this and this is my fate. Well, like <laughs> you have to. I think too in the 60s, you know, forensic sciences. Are, we're still not a science yet. Like they might have had forensic sciences, but back in the day, they weren't really science. Can't get away with you shit know? these days. Um, yeah. Today, they would be able to see evidence of abuse from bones and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, even on Jenny, if they did X-rays on her, they may not see bruises on her skin, but they'd see evidence on the bones. But back then, they weren't looking for that. Yeah, you know? that is true. Well, and I don't think they ever doubted Jenny's testimony mm-hmm. like they had no reason to do extensive exams on examinations on her because everything fit just already because yeah. they believed her they believed right. her story so initially gertrude denied it and she she threw her daughter and her daughter's boyfriend coy under the bus i thought randy was the boyfriend no so richard was stephanie's boyfriend the i got it and coy, I, don't know. I don't know so coy hubbard and randolph hubbard were brothers coy was paula's boyfriend Stephanie's boyfriend was Richard, Richard. Hobbs, the okay. kid. Okay. And I might have said that wrong initially, and I apologize. But it you kinda, might have it's kind of confusing. Right. She has a lot of kids, <laughs> plus there's neighbor yeah. kids. I don't right. know. Yeah, you okay. might have said it right, too. So. No. <laughs> but so Gertrude said that the kids, particularly Paula and Coy, had um, physically and emotionally abused Sylvia and that Paula had done most of the damage, and that Coy had done a lot of the beating. She admitted to having forced the girl to sleep in the basement on three occasions when she wet the bed, which she made her sleep in the basement all the time. It got to the point where she almost lived in the basement. And then she became evasive about how maybe, like, what were the reasons for Sylvia having become incontinent and stuff like that and her injuries to her kidneys. But um, um, that's still such a lame defense. One, to throw your kid under the bus. But two, if you knew that Paula was doing all this, where the fuck why were didn't you? Why did you stop her? Yeah. Right. It's just, I don't know. And then two, it's just like the kind of person that would even throw their kid under the bus. Like you hear all these right. stories about people that commit all these crimes to protect mm-hmm. their family. Like that, again, is just more proof to me that this Gertrude lady is a Horrible right. fucking person well, yeah. with you know, zero redeeming qualities about her. And no wonder yeah. every man in her life has fucking well, left. <laughs> I mean, the big thing is, is a crime of complacency. Like you can be charged with com- yeah. being complicit. I forget exactly how mm-hmm. they word it. Like, so if you're going to use that excuse, you're still, you're still guilty. Today, though, it's nice. I don't know how it was in the 60s, but now in almost every state, Anybody involved in a felony where a murder or anybody involved in a crime where a murder takes place can be charged with that same murder charge as the person who killed the person. 
Like that's mm-hmm. the uh, which I actually I don't know it's controversial, but I like that law. It's yeah. just kind of like yeah, you were there. Did well, you do anything it, to try well, to stop I, I, it? Did also, you? I was saying earlier, like with Dean Coral and all of those yeah. teenagers, he got under his thumb. Like I think they too, are still complicit. They should be charged yeah. for the same crime. And I think like, that kind of a law also like erases this whole idea of like you know it allows for people who like witness something like that who weren't necessarily involved to be able to come forward without fearing severe repercussions. You know what I mean? Like the fact that they don't come forward is going to hurt them more than if they were to just, you know, be like, I saw this thing or I was involved in this thing in some way, but I felt like I had to be forced for whatever reason. Like that provides that person who is also arguably a victim. Right. And, and, Reporting it is like the first step to avoid being charged as like a, a, an accomplice, so to speak, in the crime. Yeah. Like most, but it's clear that she was more. Oh yeah. Than yeah. just a bystander. Oh yeah. No, this case is obviously and, not. But even if she was, yeah, that is a crime. So essentially, let's see here. The oldest, the three oldest children were arrested: Paula, John, and Stephanie. And also Gertrude was arrested, and then Coy Hubbard and Richard Hobbs were arrested. And they were all held without bail pending trial. Paula admitted to beating and committing crimes. John Jr. admitted, but they also, like, gave evidence that Gertrude had contributed, like, burned her with cigarettes. They had their, they they gave their mom up, too. I mean, you know? I do want to say that if, if... They all gave each other up. If we were in a similar position, just, like, mother, sibling, children kind of situation, I also would give you up. <laughs> Uh, well, that's nice to know. I mean, Gertrude's kind of like an insider. So if you were that fucking horrible of a person and had, you know, I would be like, yeah, I no, did all of these things, but uh, yeah, if you murdered my a little mother child, is I like the main culprit right? to the police. Like, but she she incited all this. She yeah. incited the violence. Like they would like, have never even have thought. I don't think. I hope. Yeah, to have escalated it to that level if Gertrude hadn't have been like, yeah, do it. Right. Well, I'm like, children can be cruel, but often not that cruel without guidance. Guidance and, or yeah. coercion. Yeah. Or even just, like, trauma. Yeah. You think about how most bullies are beaten at home by their parents, you know? Like, you learn that shit from somewhere. Every yeah. bully has a bully. Yeah. So, um, we're going to move on to the trial. So... I want to say that I thought this was funny when I was reading it because it goes back to an episode that we recently released where Kelly got on our asses about a grand, like a jury and... The, oh, I got on your asses too. And the yeah. death sentence. I'm here. And I'm ready. We were all dumb about that, right? That's not what she said. But we were. Not on air. <laughs> no, not on air, but she did say it when we were not but, recording. <laughs> No, but she's right. We weren't kind of dumb we about it. I'm the dumb. middle kid. I don't, but we care. Didn't know. I don't care what Kelly feels. Anyway. Ignorance is not an excuse, but we were all ignorant, and now we're learning. And that's the that's point. Is that you can't. It's fine. I'm, I'm not going to blame you for being ignorant, but I will blame you for living in your ignorance. Does that make sense? But as I was reading this, they go into detail about how they wanted this to have the death penalty on the table. So they went through this 
very detailed jury selection <laughs> and all of the people that they excluded for this or that because of the death penalty. And so Kelly was not that I doubted her, but I just think it's funny because I, it's exactly what she said. So, yeah. And so during the trial, Gertrude, she claimed insanity. That was her defense. It was so calculated. How I could she yeah, I, I know. truly, truly Which don't I think trust is kind of anybody funny. who has like been convicted of a crime and is like, I'm insane. I don't. Well, and the, like the thing he, about <laughs> insanity, please, it's not that you are pleading that you are insane. It's pleading that you don't understand the difference between right and wrong. Like, that's what you, you have to prove like, when right. you're pleading insanity, insanity. is different than yeah. psychological. Than being like, like oh, yeah. I have schizophrenia and, like, saying that that's why you did and it. You it's like people with skin... What with, the fuck just happened? <laughs> no, but I get what you're saying. She was like, skipping. <laughs> but, yeah, like you're saying, it's like they... They have to prove that they didn't understand that yes. what they were doing was, was wrong. wrong. And that burden of proof is so different from what so many people be- like think right. that it yeah. is when they're like, oh, I'm insane. Now, like legal insanity is something that is almost impossible to prove yeah. most of the and time. It's, <laughs> and it's different than um, being incompetent to stand trial. Yes. So there are issues where they will get deals or things like that because they have a mental capacity that is not high enough for them to be able to stand trial and fight their defense. Yeah. And there's a lot of instances where like, instead of being remanded to a prison, you then go to like a state mental yes. facility, which is worse a lot of the time, especially in the sixties. Yeah. See Kelly, so I worse. know about trial and juries and shit. Stop belittling my viewpoints. So, <laughs> I hope Salem leaves that in. The defense argued that the that, that children should not be tried initially. They were going to try them all together, mm-hmm. but they argued that children should not be tried for the death penalty. So they tried the three younger children separately, which was Coy Hubbard, Richard Hobbs, and John. Oh, Jr. and John Jr. So Stephanie. I'm not exactly sure what happened to her, but she didn't end up being tried. And any of the other younger Banozuski, yeah. Baz, well, Baz, uh, Stephanie seemed to be <laughs> the least. She actually showed one some compassion a yeah. couple of times, but it, she also yeah. participated. Well, and some I also too. wonder if that's a lot of like, like I said, survival. When I was a kid, I just blindly well, followed Jenny authority. Participated like, yeah. some <laughs> like because she to... was forced, but also like yeah. how much was Stephanie forced? So mm-hmm. I I agree though. I don't think the kids should have been tried. Anybody under the like no, under I the agree. age of 12, 12 and under, like they don't know. Well, Stephanie was a little older, right? Stephanie was like fifteen, fourteen, or something like that. Yeah, she was fifteen. Okay. But that I mean, even then, like that still is like. I don't yeah. know. Like it feels like to oh. me, like Paula, like oh, Paula reveled was. in it. Was and, like and eager. So she to even do admitted it. to it. Like she confessed to it, and she didn't show any remorse. So Gertrude was convicted of first degree murder. Paula was convicted of second degree murder. Both of them were sentenced to life in prison. But because of some evidence that didn't get handed over the way it was supposed to, uh, the proper processes like and shit, there was a retrial. During the retrial, Gertrude still maintained her insanity, 
Whereas Paula made a deal and she pled guilty for lesser time. So Paula, I think, only spent like a year in prison and she was released. The child that she gave birth to during this whole process was given up for adoption. Thank God. She later changed, like, changed her name, moved away, married, and had kids. Still alive. I don't know if she's still alive or not, but she I'm probably sure. is. Chances are. Yeah. 17 and like seven and 65. She's still probably alive. Like, I mean, like, when you think about genetics and then environment, did Paula stand a chance? Probably not. No. So, but <clears throat> the thing I think that makes me the most upset about that, like, I agree with the other children being tried separately and, like, not mm-hmm. even having the capacity for death penalty. I 100% agree with that. But Paula was 17. She was old. Yeah. She was almost an adult in the eyes of the law. And, like, not I mean, to say that 17? 18-year-olds have the same capacity mentally as, like, a 50-year-old does by any means. No. But, like, she was so close to almost being tried as an adult anyways. And... Right. I think had no. at least more at least mental in, capacity in to Colorado, understand what if was you're happening. 17, can't you be tried as an adult? Yeah. Isn't that a thing? Because I know in that most the, states, yeah, it depends like on the crime. You, well, they went from at that point would have enough awareness of the world around you would have think, had you know that like you should at least well, understand it the most and I basic. Wasn't, and I wasn't saying that like she didn't do anything wrong. I'm just saying no. like no. her tendency to be like a psychopath, like her mom is unfortunately high because of mm-hmm. genetics yeah. and then and then, and then it was nurtured in the yes. environment that yeah. she lived in yeah so gertrude was found guilty again and she was convicted to life in prison with the possibility of parole Boo. um the younger children uh the three boys were they each served less than two years in indiana reformatory before being granted for parole so they each went out respectively, and Coy Hubbard remained to be a stand-up individual. Um, At least he to was the public re- eye. He was repeatedly <laughs> imprisoned for various criminal offenses. Oh, that was sarcasm. You didn't lay it on thick enough for me, Say so. He yeah. was once charged with the uh, murders of two young men in 1977, Ugh. but he was acquitted. Ugh. Because a witness um, testified at his trial to have been in his company, but this witness had been a convicted criminal acquaintance. So who knows if he so. But either way, he grew up to, you know, to to continue to be a fucking criminal and an asshole. asshole. John Jr., he changed his name. He became a minister. Uh, which is uh, hope maybe just to like hopefully redeem himself sure. for his bullshit. He counseled children of divorced parents. That's re- actually really sweet. Yeah, like yeah. He, he, man. I mean, it sounds. And he like... acknowledges that he should have been um, had. He should have had a more severe punishment. I. I mean, I kind of that, agree, but it's that good he... that he acknowledges it too. Like that gives me. I don't know. Like, but it's then so he sad also adds so many that young of, criminals can be rehabilitated. And right. So. Exactly. And I do believe that. And that's part of the reason why I don't agree with the de- death penalty. Like I joke about how it's all vindictive, petty bullshit. Well, but I, I truly believe in anybody's chance at rehabilitation. I, I think, like everybody yeah. has the capability of doing 
truly evil shit, but everybody on the same I, side has a capability yeah. of doing I incredible think, stuff for humanity. I you think know? there's a level of that a person reaches based on how horrific, premeditated, and enjoyable they find the crimes that they do that raises them to a level where they just shouldn't be on this earth anymore. Like when yeah. you think about all of the the warlords who forced child soldiers into their service, cutting off limbs if they didn't do what they said, things like that. Those people, I think, don't deserve to be on the world. No, I agree with you. Yeah. But, I mean, it's all a But a young kid sure. who got sucked up into a gang who, who kills someone. Doing what his mother fucking told him to. Well, and I, I was not using this as an example, but oh, yes, okay. but yeah. like that. But like a young kid who gets sucked up in a gang shoot someone in like a drug deal gone bad they can be rehabilitated right like yeah yeah i mean gang violence is a whole nother conversation that i can go into (laughs) yeah in this country not now on the next episode yeah (laughs) so uh richard hobbs he died of lung cancer at the age of 21 then was less than four years after he was released from the indiana reformatory that's and a he had it, and he was known to have suffered at least one nervous breakdown before he died after he was released. Uh, so oh he man. his life was pretty well mut- horrible before he died at a young age. I just like I don't blame anybody in the story except for fucking Gertrude. Maybe Paula, Paula. a little bit, but like like all of these people would have probably just lived completely normal, happy lives had they not been fucking poisoned by this sick woman's demons yeah. i don't fucking know it's just so sad that like this it is. woman single-handedly ruined mm-hmm. i mean paula was there to um i i think she was just as much encouraging mm-hmm. what happened yeah. to sylvia and as much a perpetrator but if gertrude would have stood up and been like don't do that as the mother paula very well but may gertrude have was... followed along but she was encouraging yeah it. like she enjoyed it just mm-hmm. as much as paula did if yeah. not more. So um, Paula, after her parole, she assumed a no identity, like I'd said, and she uh, eventually got married and had a couple of kids. Everybody died really young. Like everybody ended up dying in their 50s or earlier. Jenny, she got married. She suffered nervous breakdowns oh. and chronic anxiety and died of a heart attack at like 54. Um, so I don't know if it was just bad genes and the time period, but wow even in the that's in the like 70s and 80s and shit that people are dying that young that's i don't know consistently the stress killed them all i think you ruined you ruined my comment i was gonna make by bringing up jenny because i was gonna say that just shows the universe has a way of making sure that what's supposed to happen happens yeah, but not but poor, not poor Jenny. Jenny. Not poor Jenny. I know. <laughs> now I feel like an asshole for even thinking that. Like, and then um, Gertrude was released from prison in 1985. Uh. She never fully accepted responsibility. Gross. Um. Yeah, I know. She should have died in prison. She primarily blamed her actions upon medication she had been prescribed to treat her asthma. Um, what? Yeah. She lived in relative obscurity until her death due to lung cancer at the age of 61. So she like lived age wise. Like I most. hope that she had a miserable cancerous death. Like that's all. I hope it was painful and I hope it was fucking agonizing. That's all I, I can hope for, I guess. I was going to say, have any of you 
ever watched one of those commercials for asthma medicine where when they rattle off the side effects, <laughs> oh it says gosh. torture may, may cause complete insanity and lack of care for other human lives. <laughs> so that's my story. Yay! Yay. Oh, not yay. Not yay. Sorry. Boo. Um, I, did, I said I was going to touch on some of the people and I passed over it and I can't find it now in my papers that of uh, the people, but there, ha- there were neighbors that said that they had seen like Jenny with sores on her and bruises, but they never called anybody. There were people that said they talked to Gertrude and she said, Oh, but she's being punished because she ran away with some boys or something and they would just leave it like to, Oh, okay. Well, you know, and that was back in the shit. day too, when like you disciplined your kids, however you wanted to. And everybody was like, okay. And that's what Gertrude told. Like there was somebody at the school that came to investigate, but that's what Gertrude told them. And so they left it, you know, and like Gertrude even played it up. Like I, she's a bad influence on my kids and stuff like that, you know, so I need to discipline her and, so there was a there was a time when Jenny and Sylvia went to um, their sister Diana. They met her and they told her, but Diana just thought they were exaggerating what was going on, so she didn't do anything about it. But then at another point, she, Diana decided she wanted to check on them, so she went and Gertrude fed her a bunch of lies and bullshit, and she bought it. You know, the, so there was. It was kind of a time where people didn't want to see the bad things, yeah. you know. Yeah. They, I yeah. don't know. And it, and it was also a time where, like, more extreme punishment wasn't necessarily unusual. Right. Yeah. yeah, everyone agreed with corporal punishment back then. Well, and I also <laughs> kind of agree with Jess. You know, like, everybody always talks about how, like, oh, back in the day, everything was so much better. There wasn't as much bad shit happening. And it's like, it's because you guys weren't looking. It's because nobody saw the bad shit happening. And it's just like, child abductions in the 80s were so freaking high. But people don't realize that. They think it's so much worse now because we have global news. Uh Like, back Mm -hmm. in the day... Things didn't make national news the way they no. do now. And yeah. so a lot of, unless it was a huge, huge Even case. Even the fucking story that I told last week made international news. I read an article that was reported about it. That fucking family that all poisoned themselves that I did on the last episode. Like, was being reported in Australia. <laughs> like, right. But in the 60s, no. you were lucky if you got something that happened outside of your town. Yeah. yeah. So they, they pretended it was a facade i think <laughs> for a lot of it but i don't know that's just a fucked up story yeah. um, that's just I, a fucked up oh, example well, I was gonna of ask, oh, the worst I, of human nature i had a question and you kind of touched on it when you brought up diana or diane i forget which I, one was her name i can't remember i think it's diana daniel um, and but diana. i was i was gonna say was there anything about like how her parents reacted or well the parents felt really bad and jenny for the rest of her life vehemently said the parents shouldn't be blamed because they, they didn't, didn't yeah. know. To- oh, no, totally. I'm not and saying that. Yeah. I just wanted to know kind of like... They don't really say. They, you know, obviously were traumatized by it, and Diana felt really bad that, you know, she was there and she didn't do anything, but they don't really say a whole lot about it. Just, I'm sure they were 
fucked up because they entrusted Mm -hmm. their kids to this fucking monster and they had no clue because here's this woman who has seven kids that she's raised all the way up to 17 and they seem like decent people you know and so you just assume this lady will fucking take care of your kids right right yeah like their her kids have lived this long like all right, so we yes. should probably move yes, on yes, yes. to things um, that don't first suck. First of all, before we move on to things that don't suck in regards to this story that oh, I tried yes. to say and Jesse. Oh, I'm sorry. So rudely interrupted. No, I interrupted you. Paybacks. We all just interrupt each other. I would like your insight, Hannah, because I may have missed something. It was a bit scattered. I didn't have no, as much time it's just, as there's, I would like. There's to a put very good these. very good, very sad movie um about this case called An American Crime that Elliot Page is in. Um, oh, it's like dramatized. Uh huh. Okay, I'll watch it, it. It's like a 2007 movie. Oh, I think so it's like early. It's, mm-hmm. And oh. I I watched it when I was in is that like, pre early high school? I think mm. so. I think it's pre Juno. Wow. Yeah. Um, but I just it's, love it's, that movie. I love Juno so much. Okay, <laughs> but the, an American Crime. It's a very good movie. Dramatization. It gets a lot of things pretty right. Okay, um, I I would like to so, see yeah. that now since I've done all this research. Right. It just is heartbreaking. I could not imagine. So I have a hard time when I do stories like this not putting myself in the victim situation, and I just I don't know how somebody could endure at the age of sixteen. Mm-hmm. Somebody could endure something like that. I just just anyway. I couldn't handle on anything to things that don't when suck. I was sixteen. Things that don't suck. <laughs> Things that don't suck. And you just nailed it, Jess. I couldn't handle anything as 16 either. So, like, (laughs) let alone what Sylvia went through. Like, fuck. Couldn't even handle fucking high school. I'll go first. Okay. Um, My thing that doesn't suck, and I briefly alluded to it at the very beginning of the podcast, um, is that I just bought my very first pair of tap shoes. And I've mentioned Uh this on the podcast before, but like, I started taking a tap class, which is something that I've wanted to do for like two decades. And I'm really excited about it. It's been fun. I have been going every single week. Like, I've been trying to get mom and Hannah to go, and I get it. I picked a place that was closest to my apartment. (laughs) Yeah, but but I've been a couple times. Yeah, mom's been a couple times. Hannah's been a couple times. I've been once. Um, the instructor has been asking me about you guys. Yeah. <laughs> Especially I after, I go after you week. paid for my class, the instructor was like, oh, is your mom coming? And I was like, <laughs> no, she just paid for my class. <laughs> and now I have a class sitting there that I can use or Hannah can use, but I want you to use it. Tell her I have un- unchecked wild depression. And so <laughs> I probably won't tell when her I that. When I get there, it's uh, really a hit or miss whether or not I'll show up. <laughs> you should go this week, though. We're starting a new dance. I know. Dance. I want to. And I, I don't know. I just think it's, I'm having a lot of fun with it. And that's my thing that doesn't suck. Nice. That's a good thing. All right. Who else? I can go if you want. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So my thing that doesn't suck is that yesterday we had a really nice gathering of all of like George's high school buddies and um, Rick's girlfriend and Rick's parents kind of in celebration of Rick's birthday, which is on St. Patty's Day, kind of a St. Patty's Day celebration. And it was just a nice gathering. The boys came. You know, we just kind of invited everybody who was close to Rick. And um, I hope nobody feels left out that we didn't invite you. But you guys didn't really no, know. I probably I would have invited Rick. Kelly if I knew she wasn't busy. But she's always she's busy. Always busy. <laughs> but it, I didn't want it to be too big either because it was nice. It was just. Well, but we had, wanted to be intimate yeah. and like a celebration. And I don't feel bad. I'm just glad that you guys had a good time. And it was really nice. And yeah, we had some corned beef and cabbage and 
fried up some food and um or I should say grilled up some food and uh did a did a shot of his whiskey and rum and oh, celebration okay. to Ricky and it was just a nice day. So that's my thing that doesn't suck. And that's hey. why I'm kinda tired today. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So who's next? Um so my thing that doesn't suck is I'm really excited that my daughter is like getting out again, making friends. She really has a tendency, I think she could very easily just be a homebody. And so I'm excited. She found someone that she really connects with, um, that she can talk to about things. And yeah, so that's my thing that doesn't suck. That's Yay. awesome. Yay. And now she doesn't have to bother you about her weird things. <laughs> <laughs> I know I can say go text your friend. Well, she's at a crucial age where it's having good to have friends that connection is, with your peers. Yeah, yeah. it's important. So. She's still like, this is how I know she has anxiety, though, because she still just comes in my room all the time at night and just like sits on the bed and looks at me. And I'm like, hey, kid, what's up? I don't know why I came in here. I'm just in here. Like, <laughs> I just didn't want to be alone. Okay. And then she's like, all right, bye. And gets up and leaves. It's never more than, well, not never, but it's often a minute or less that she's in there. <laughs> That's funny. I love it. She's cute. She is cute. She is she's cute. a good kid. All right, Hannah, it's you. Um, My thing that doesn't suck is that I got to hang out with James yesterday. Yay. Aww. That's was it sweet. just the two Wait, of you? I know you, like, you guys have been doing a lot of like family stuff. Like his sister was in no, town. No, it was just the two of us. It was good. nice. We went to a couple bars. Aww, nice. That's some cool. Dinner. Yeah. That is nice. Nice. You guys do that. Reconnect with Every your now and then, huh? sweetie. I don't know what to call you guys. <laughs> I'm dumb. I'm old and weird, okay? Your love. Uh, you No. You're, uh, is, right. is bae the right <laughs> word? I don't know. Uh, bae. He's is that there. still a thing? He's around. He's around. Was it? I always joke. I was joking at work the other day because tap class and D and D are like the two things in my life at the moment that will bring me consistent and guaranteed joy. And like Kyle brings me joy a lot of the time, enough for me to keep him around, but it's not constant. The cats will bring me right. joy a lot of the time, but it's not a, you know enough to keep them around. But when I had to take Ollie to the emergency room for just being a little shithead. Two weeks ago, there was nothing wrong with him. Thought I poisoned him. He's like kicking his <laughs> leg, and I yeah. think that he's like, you know, totally dying. And I take him to the emergency room at three in the morning, and the vet comes in, and they're like, "Well, I just wanted to walk around, or wanted to watch him walk around because he wasn't doing it in the exam room." And they were like, "Do you have any behavioral issues with him?" And I'm like, "Sometimes, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> occasionally." I, mean, I feel like that's an understatement, but. You know, uh, love the cats. I love my husband, but tap and D and D are the only things that bring me consistent well, joy. Yes, because they are guaranteed consistent. joy. They're consistent. People and animals are unpredictable, <laughs> and I think that's the problem. All right, I think we should probably sign off. You guys are having a good conversation, but let's take oh, it downstairs where we can have some I gotta burgers pee again. and some Hannah's oh, dying. I don't talk when um, we're not on the podcast. Sorry, guys. If y'all want to reach out to us, we're at <laughs> F'd Up Family Storytime, FFS the podcast <laughs> at gmail.com. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. You can reach out to us. Valorate us on Write um, us the review. Apple, iTunes. Download whatever. our podcast yeah, on whatever you listen 
us to send us an email. Interact send us an email. with us. Tell us comment. what you did last Saturday night. I don't care. If Tell you, us what you had for breakfast this morning. Just you send have, us an email. If you no have dirty any, stuff, though. If you have any spooky stories, yeah. any weird shit that happened yeah. to you, please. We can read them on the podcast. Please send it in to if me because I only don't send it in to me. I don't want to be liable for I'll that shit. I'll take your dirty shit. I'll I'll read your smut on air. Uh, if, yeah. if you've murdered someone, let us know. We might turn you in. I'll no probably promises. turn you in. I I told everybody on this podcast that I would even turn my own mother in. Not turn you true. in. That's true. That's <laughs> true. It's up to you. Okay. Bye. 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 <laughs> We're out. Lock your doors. <laughs>